as a lot of you guys saw, uh, Danny Waldman and I did a podcast about barefoot horses and barefoot horses in sport. I had I posted a short reel about it, and hopefully you guys watched that, and then went to the link and watched the full series on YouTube. I doubt a lot of you people did, judging from your comments, but I thought, you know, I was reluctant to do the podcast because barefoot or no barefoot, people get so tribal about barefoot or not. You know, some people are so passionate about barefoot and barefoot is great, as I said, but they get so blinded that it's so great that nothing else is good and only do. I don't think anything is black or white. There's a series of gray. And so I thought I would reflect on some of the comments and some of my thoughts on the comments. No, I'm not going to be tagging people. I think that's stupid. All I'm gonna do is just be reflecting on some of the comments that I received. Before we start, I do wanna make an important point. In the podcast, I was talking about a barefoot horse at the highest level of competition in show jumping. I'm not talking about a retired horse in a paddock, a horse that goes to a show once every one to two months. I'm not talking about a lesson horse I'm not talking about a backyard horse. I'm not talking about any other horse except for a horse at the highest level of show jumping. What you have to understand is the considerations for something like that are different than at other levels. You know, I was reading a lot of the comments and what I was thinking was it, it, it'd be like, I'm doing a podcast on the tires and the oil I use on my Jeep rock crawler. And someone who drives a school bus says, oh, I never changed the oil in my bus and I've been driving it for 40 years. I don't know what the problem is. And then someone from uh, NASCAR said, oh, well, you have to use this oil here and this oil there. And, you know, the tires only last that long. I don't know what you're doing with your tires. Well, you're doing NASCAR. You're driving a school bus. You're commuting a car. You're not doing rock crawling with your Jeep. So again, I'm speaking specifically about what I am doing with my barefoot horse. If you are doing something different with your, with your barefoot horse, then the characteristics and the experiences are bound to be different. All right, let's get into it. So the first point was about something I said about a major trimming every two weeks. And there were some people that were floored that I did that. And if I did that, then that's a lot of reason why I have problems. Well, I actually don't have problems. Um, we're jumping clear. We golden Pan American games, won the American gold cup. We're not having problems. And the person was so close to getting the point, right. But was so determined to put in a trolling comment that they didn't actually get to the right answer, even though they were so close. Oh, you almost had it. You're going to be quicker than that. The issue was they saw the term that I said, major trimming every two weeks. And they said, that's impossible. It can't happen. That's correct. For your definition of major trimming. So for normal people, they have a longer span between trimmings. And so the trimming first starts with nippers. Think of them like um, scissors for the most furthest part of the hoof from the horse. And then after you use the nippers to trim the foot, then you use a rasp to kind of bevel, uh, smooth out the edges and make the breakover point in the right place. That's a major trimming for most people. But for me, a major trimming for my horse 
is the rough side of a rasp. We never use nippers on her because we trim so often. A minor trim with her is with the mild side of the rasp to maintain levels, to maintain growth, to make sure we're not getting our angles out of whack. It is just a difference in definition for what major trim is. But because this person was so determined to have a trolling comment, they ignore the possibility that my definition for major trim and their definition for major trim is different. One final note, I know people trim at different intervals and that's totally fine. For me, with my horse at the level that I show in and the ability that I have with the staff that I have, it is best to do tiny trimmings often to keep the angles the same, to keep the growth uniform, to manage wear, to manage the whole hoof growth so that you have consistency, so that throughout the work, throughout the jumpings, you are loading the various joints, tendons, ligaments, bones up the leg and the hoof consistently. If I trimmed every four weeks, there would be inconsistency. There'd be angle changes and that sort of thing. If you have a horse that's retired or you have a horse that you ride once or twice a week, that level of detail is not required. And I wouldn't do it. And I don't do it on my retired horses who are barefoot. But at the high level and what I do, I find it critical to keep the angles the same and go for a lot of minor trimmings, then wait a long time and go for a major trimming. The next point that was made, and I actually agree with this point with a large caveat, was about how I put on boots on my barefoot horse to go to the ring and back, to go in the trailer to make it so that they can't get a rock in their foot, and how that's completely unnecessary and a properly well-shot horse should be able to absorb an errant rock here or there. I 100% agree with that point. 100%. However, a lot of shows, you're walking down a main road. Think Wellington, walking down the main drag where the tractors and vehicles and golf carts go. Here at Thermal, same thing. Traverse City, Hampton Classic, Kentucky, Tryon. You're walking down pathways that vehicles go, other horses go, and there's a possibility that you could stand on a nail, you could stand on a clip of a shoe, a bolt from a tractor, a bolt from a nail that came off of a golf cart, a maintenance golf cart something. Now let's say that that chance is one in a thousand, but in two weeks you have a nation's cup where you're competing for the U.S. team, trying to qualify for the Olympic Games, going to the Olympic Games, or any nation's cup, which is critically important. And let's say that taking 10 seconds to put on a boot would take that one in a thousand to one in 10,000. Are you going to take that 10 seconds to put on a boot? Or are you going to say, you know what? Nah, I, I like my chances. I think you put on a boat. But if I wasn't in two weeks going to a Nations Cup or didn't have some huge stuff in the future, I wouldn't put on a boot. 100% no. If I went to a show every now and then, recreationally for fun, would I put on boots? No. 100%. But the problem is there is a chance. And in 10 seconds, I can basically eliminate that chance. A strong hoof can absolutely absorb rocks and all sorts of things. But it's not impenetrable. And... If the rock hits the right place, you can have an issue. You might just make a little chip on the wall, and that's totally fine. But then that chip has now reduced the amount of wall thickness, and that could be totally fine for you. Or you might be unlucky and get a second rock in the same place on that chip, making the wall even weaker. Then you get a flare on the diagonal side of the hoof. Then, again, 
that might not be a big issue for you and your horse, but at the level that I'm working, every tiny detail matters. Again, does it matter for the horse in a paddock? No, our retired horses don't have shoes. They get trimmed way less often than I trim for my competition horse. So trying to troll me for that comment, it's just dumb because what I'm doing is different than what most people are doing. And I treat my retired horses the same way as anyone else. And just to close that comment, even in the comment, they said a well-shod horse with tough horn should be able to absorb a rock here and there. 100% agree. But you even said should, not will 100% of the time. And if you have shows coming up that you've worked your entire life for, and you can make that chance go from should to will not happen, and it takes 10 seconds, you do it. 100% of the time. And if you don't, I can't stop you. Last comment that I wanted to reflect on is going back to a, something I said earlier, you know, comparing differences between a Jeep going rock crawling, a school bus, a NASCAR, um, taking your track day car to the track on the weekend, um, and Formula One. All those disciplines have very different criteria, circumstances, needs. And so like in what I'm doing, I understand my needs as best as I do now. And I try to get better every day. But if someone who is say doing raining and says, you know, a saddle has to be this way or else you can't be successful. I wouldn't say I'm a show jumper. I've never had a saddle be fitted that way and I've been successful. So your point is wrong. That's blatantly stupid. So I would never do that. Different breeds grow hoof differently. When you have a horse in a paddock all the time versus going to shows, it's different. So you can't directly correlate between experiences with different breeds and different disciplines because the horses are different and the feet are different. So you're a farrier for thoroughbreds. You might not be the best farrier for warm bloods or quarter horses or draft horses because the criteria for success is different. So just because you have success as a champion rock crawler doesn't mean those skills are directly relatable to going racing in NASCAR. Some might be helpful, but not directly relatable. I don't claim to know anything about endurance riding. I don't claim anything to know anything about reining or three-day event or barrel racing. What I'm doing with my barefoot horse is about trying to compete at the highest level in show jumping and show jumping alone. And just to wrap this up, look, this whole point of this channel is to try to give you guys or give anyone that wants to watch an eye into what I do and what I do in my pursuit of trying to be the best high-level show jumper I can be. If those are not your goals, then you might see the sport differently. Hey, if I was just doing jumping 110, riding twice a week, I wouldn't do all the things I'm doing now, even if I know that they could help. Because they might only help a tenth of a percent. We're to me now, they might be really important. So I know what I do might be seem crazy. The lengths that I go for consistency, the amount of details I care about, how everything comes together into one package and one program. I understand that that sounds 
crazy. And I agree, but it is what I feel, what my team feels, what my trainer, vets, everyone together feels will give us our best chance of success. And most importantly, our best chance of giving the absolute top, top quality care for our horses. So I know you might not do a lot of the things that I do. Totally fine. That doesn't make you better or me better. It's just a difference. And I don't like when horse people rag on other horse people because they treat their horses differently. Now, of course, we should all treat horses morally, respectfully. But other than that, you're just being judging and you're just bringing down all of horses by being trolling dicks. 